Good morning, Centralia. Man, I'm going to take this guy with me everywhere I go. Goodness, man. Can you celebrate what the Lord is doing today? I have been praying for today, and I cannot tell you how many times I heard reverberated from his mouth this morning exactly what the Lord wanted for us to hear this morning. And I'm so excited! (laughs) I'm so excited. Church, I want to tell you that I've heard about you for a long time. And it's been good. It's been really good. Your reach locally and globally has impact way beyond what you can think or imagine. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for your generosity, for the way that you reach out, for the way that you are Centralia Church picking up the mantle for which God has called you to be. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It is so good to be with you, especially here on Mission Sunday. Um, And as I was preparing for this weekend, I I came to understand you you are a church who gives incredibly. Um, Your mission partners list, have you ever been on your webpage and looked at your mission partners list? If you have not, you need to do that this week. Get on your website and look at all the different ministries locally and globally that you support. It is amazing your reach into our world. Um, Like Elmer said, my name is Joshua Weger. I work for Global Strategy, which is the mission arm for the Church of God uh, out of the U.S. and Canada. Um, I've worked in the central office in Anderson uh, for about two and a half years. But before that time, uh, my family and I, we lived in Berlin, Germany for nearly four years. And we worked with the Three Worlds team. Part of the reason I've heard about you is because you support many missionaries on the Three Worlds team. Um, This is my lovely family. Aren't they gorgeous? I just, I love this picture so much. So that's my wife, Audrey, uh, there. I was going to say in the middle, but yeah, right there. You know which one she is. Um, And then my daughter, Emma, uh, the glorious redhead. And then Dallas, uh, my little man, my little Superman. Um, It's good to see them on the screen this morning. I miss them. I've only been away from them for like 24 hours, and I really, really miss them. Um, It was quite an experience moving overseas with two children under the age of two. Um, My my daughter was two years old. My my son was 10 months old when we took the the flight to Berlin. Um, Dallas took took his first steps in Berlin the first week we were on the ground. Um, And then that same day, this is one of the reasons I call him my Superman, he picked up a basketball and carried it across the living room floor. We were like, wait, if you just took your first steps, how is this even possible? Well, he, he continues to amaze us. Emma, she was two at the time when we moved there, she picked up German, like the German language, within three months. And then within six months, after she had turned three, she was correcting my German. Now, having your three-year-old daughter correct your German, that was a very humbling experience for me. Um, but she, they, they've done so well, um, even coming back to the U.S. now, they've, they've done so well. Um, she uh, was very proficient and confident in German, and she continues to try to correct me on lots of different things. Like I said, you support quite a few missionaries uh, from Global Strategy, um, and specifically on the Three Worlds team, which walks, across, uh, walks with the church across Europe and the Middle East. Your support, your encouragement, your, your visits have spurred the work that's happening there on the ground. 
And as I was thinking about support like yours, I was drawn to the story in Acts 13. If you have your Bible this morning, you can go ahead and start turning there. If it's on your phone, open up your app and, and get to Acts 13. Just a few chapters before Acts 13 is the uh, conversion of Saul, who then became Paul. Um, this experience in Damascus where um, God revealed himself on the road uh, to Damascus. And um, man, Saul's life was changed by, by interacting with, with God in, in, in the spirit. And uh, they, they changed his name. Uh, he had his, this conversion. Um, and after this conversion and, and after meeting with one of the disciples, uh, he made his way to Jerusalem. And he, he was trying to get in with the disciples in Jerusalem and work with them. But the disciples, they didn't believe him. They said, no, 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 you're, you're not, we know who you are. You're the one who's been killing our disciples. You're the one who's been persecuting us. Um, we don't believe that you had this conversion experience and that you have this new calling on your life. Enter Barnabas, the encourager, the, the advocate. He put his own reputation on the line for Paul, on Paul's behalf. And he verified that Paul had this conversion experience. He, he was who he said he was. And the ministry he call, was called to was valid. Now, three chapters later in Acts 13, Paul and Barnabas and a few others had traveled to the church in Antioch. I'm just going to read the first five verses of chapter 13. Now in the church at, at Antioch were, the prophet, were prophets and teachers... Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, and a member, a member of the court of Herod, the ruler, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, Again, starting with prayer. Thank you again for saying that this morning. After fasting and praying, the church at Antioch laid their hands on them and sent them off. They laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia at the coast and from there sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God with great boldness. Will you pray with me? God, may you bless the reading of your word. These stories that have gone forth for many generations, may they become alive and active in our hearts. And may they bring us to the calling that you've placed on our lives to go into all the world. We love you. Amen. When I, when I read this, I can't help but think about what churches and individuals did for my family. When we had um, moved to Berlin, when we picked up our own missionary journey, when we received this call from the Lord, and we were set apart for this specific work which we are called to do, the Lord, uh, the, the church gathered around us, and they prayed with us. They, they laid their hands on us, and, and they supported us. They confirmed the Lord's calling with their words, their actions, and their deeds. And it was that affirmation that we looked back to time and time again and spurred us to join the work that God was already doing in Europe and the Middle East. 
As I dove into the story of Paul and Barnabas, I, I realized that this was only the first part of Paul's mis first missionary journey. If you look up here on the map, um, they started over here at the right, the yellow dot, the, the church in Antioch. And it was just the very beginning of this journey. Um, they they um, laid their hands on him and sent him out, and he, and he went and then went from Antioch to Syria, uh, from Antioch to Cyprus, from Cyprus um, over to Lycia, from Lycia over to Galatia, and down to Derby. Think about the impact of that church's one moment of laying their hand on these called persons and sending them out. It was what spurred them on. Not only that, but the church in Antioch, after they sent Paul and Barnabas on their missionary journey, they continued to be the church that God had called them to be by the power of the Holy Spirit. You too, Centralia, you do this regularly. You have missionaries come and you say, we see the call of God on your life. We want to pray for you. We want to support you with our funds, with our, with our relationship. We send you out. But church, don't forget, you have a calling to be the church here in this community. And I saw it on your website. To reach our community with the love of Jesus, raising up disciples who will impact our world. That's what I read. I think that's who you are. We at Global Strategy, we are focused on walking with the local church globally, pursuing the development of churches that are locally led and sustained, regionally connected, and missionally engaged. I want to tell you a little bit about who we are. Um, if you'll go to the next slide. We are the international arm of the Church of God, um, uh, Church of God Ministries out of the U.S. and Canada. We were, began in 1909 under the name of Missionary Board. We walk with churches of God in 88 countries around the world. Did you know you were part of a fellowship like that in 88 countries around the world? We have six regions, Africa, Asia, Pacific, Caribbean, Atlantic, Europe, and the Middle East, Latin America, and in the, in the United States. We have 62 missionaries that we have sent out, that we as a church in the U.S. and Canada have laid our hands on, commissioned, and sent out to join the work that God is doing in these places. We have over 73 international development projects in 38 countries. I want to show you a map of what those 88 countries look like around our world. Isn't that amazing that God is doing that good work in the church of God? Amazing. Go ahead and turn one more slide. This is how the, the pie chart, just to give you a glimpse, this is the pie chart of what the church of God looks like globally. If you notice, we are not the biggest pie piece in this chart here in the United States and Canada. In fact, in Africa, there are over 360,000 believers that attend Church of God congregations in 17 countries. In Asia, we have over 217,000 believers that attend 1,600 congregations in 24 countries. And as you can tell, the population of the Church of God globally is much larger than the population of the Church of God here in the U.S. and Canada. So what do we do? Um, how do we walk with the local church globally? Well, we're focused on, uh, again, the development of churches that are locally led and sustained, regionally connected, and missionally engaged. 
locally led and sustained. We, we, we develop local leadership uh, in these churches, in these countries around the world. Um, we, we develop local sources of funding so that the church has a fighting chance for the future. They're not dependent on some other place giving them money, but they can, they can start to develop um, funding sources of their own and continue the work that God has called them to do. In many countries where we're working, we've moved past first wave missions where, where we go in, send a missionary, and they take the gospel with them. Because what we've, what we've found is that in many of those countries, the gospel is there. It's really the parts of leadership development, training pastors, and, and providing infrastructure for the church to take that next step. And we do that in many of the countries where we serve. One of the missionary couples that you support are the Langfords. Have you ever seen their faces? I think they might have been here about a year ago. Zach, Audrey, Lola, and their new addition, Lilo, Leo. They serve at the Birkenhead Church, which is this church building. This is an example of locally led and sustained that I'm talking about. When the Langfords went to the Birkenhead Church, which is right across the river from Liverpool in the United Kingdom, there was eight persons who attended that congregation with an average age of 75. Did you catch that? Eight persons with an average age of 75. This is one of the roughest communities um, that we, we work in globally. Um, they would literally, these eight people, would walk into the building, and after that eighth person came in the door, they would lock the gates of the property, lock the doors of the church, have church, unlock the doors of the church, walk out, shut the doors, open the gates, walk out, shut the gate, and be done for the week. There were neighbors living right next to the church that thought the church was closed for 10 years. Zach and Audrey, by invitation of the church leaders, came in and invited the church to a bigger story that God was calling them to. And because of your partnership and partnership of, of churches like you, now the Birkenhead Church, even though there's this global pandemic, something we're, we're dealing with, I don't know. Even though there's this global pandemic, I want to tell you there are multiple groups of 20 to 40 persons who go and do ministry at this church every single week. Church, that's something to get excited about. And the average age of those persons is about 20 years old. Because we were able to walk alongside of what they're doing, um, the church has really been able to, to th flourish and thrive and have new life. Um, Zach and Audrey um, have had a very difficult two years. Um, they, because of the lockdowns that happened in the UK, they had to come back to the States and um, they've dealt with some family tragedy um, with their parents um, and they're just about to go back um, to the UK. But about a year ago, um, after they had been in the States for a couple months, the church leaders were calling them and texting them and emailing them and saying, hey, when can we meet again? When, what, what can we do while you're away? And I want to tell you, that it was the local leaders of the church at Birkenhead that reopened the church. It wasn't Zach and Audrey. Zach and Audrey were providing support. Zach and Audrey were, were encouraging them along the way. But it was the local leaders and is the local leaders who are running the church in Birkenhead and giving it a fighting chance for the future, impacting their community with the gospel. Something to celebrate. You also support the measles. I don't have a picture of them. Um, but the measles in Cote d'Ivoire, 
They work with uh, Ebal, the, the ministry school there, and they work with Children of Promise. And they're training up leaders to, again, give the church a fighting chance for the future. Locally led and sustained. It's really important. The second uh, focus of, of the work that we do is that we want to help our churches become more regionally connected. Um, we we, we want to work with our, our um, bodies to um, help them connect with one another so they can problem solve. We as an American do not have all the answers. I don't know if you figured that out yet or not. I'm sorry if I'm letting you down a little bit. Um, we just don't have all the answers. And so we get our church leaders together around the world in, in their context, in Europe and the Middle East, and in Africa, and Asia and the Pacific. We get them together into a room so they can brainstorm and be creative about what the Lord is doing in their midst. This is a picture of the Three Worlds Leadership Network. Anybody ever heard of the Three Worlds Leadership Network? Great things are happening through this network. So when, when I was there, um, it, it had its first event, and we gathered leaders from the 16 countries where we had churches across Europe and the Middle East. And these young leaders gathered together in this beautiful place called Interlaken, uh, Switzerland, which we did that intentionally because there's no churches of God there, so everyone had to come to a neutral location. And we had gatherings like this where people were able to tell their story. We had great speakers, great uh, conferences that were going on, but that wasn't the real story of what happened. They began to introduce themselves to one another, and the relationship started to really flourish in that space, and, and we found out months later that they had gone and started visiting one another and encouraging one another. And over and over again, we heard from these leaders who said, we're not alone. We're not alone. We can face another day because we know we're not alone. Whenever I have a hard day, I can call my buddy from, the, from this other country who, who's feeling the same pressures that we're facing. And, and we know that the Lord is spurring them on and they, we pray for one another and we encourage one another. When we have celebrations, we invite these other leaders from these other countries to come and, and they make our celebrations more grand. Beautiful, beautiful things happen with the Three Worlds Leadership Network. And you support their, some of their missionaries that do this. You support uh, the Tatmans, who are now the regional coordinators in Europe and the Middle East. Um, you support Marcos and Catherine Lavaglio in, in Arco in Italy, um, who have this amazing church plant there in one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. Elmer, I'll have to take you. Um, it's where the, the, the Italian Alps come into the lake region, and it's this vacation hub in the middle of Europe where this church has built itself um, and all of these people from all over Europe come into this city and they come into the doors of this church in Arco, this little church. And this church is able to say, God loves you and God cares about you. And they're building this amazing community in this little town. Great things are happening when we're connected to each other. Our third focus is that we want churches to be missionally engaged. Beautiful things happen around the world as churches look outside of themselves. As they reach out to neighboring communities and they intentionally um, do things that, that have greater impact beyond themselves. There was a, a church in Cote d'Ivoire um, that was warring and, and, and really frustrated with the, the neighboring community. And they would, they would have these fights that would break out in between the communities. And, and uh, the church leaders in this one community um, kept trying to do evangelistic work in this other community. And they would, they would get thrown out, like literally taken out of the city and thrown out of the city over and over again. 
And the church leaders, um, they, they had a need. And they said, you know, we, we really need a new well in our community. And so we partnered with them through Global Strategy, through our missionaries, um, the sellers um, who are there on the ground working with Bobby and Jenny Meisel, who you support. And uh, the church leader said, you know, instead of placing that well in the center of our community, what if we put the well in between our community and this community that we are in conflict with? And so we did. We, we dug this well uh, with partnership with, with this, this local church. And those, because of that well, because people would come to get water from the neighboring communities and meet one another and tell each other the stories of their lives and, and they could see each other as humans, do you know what happened? That community welcomed the church leaders of that other community to come over and start a new church in that community. The feud was over and these communities had reconciled because of this, this idea of being missionally engaged, thinking outside of themselves. You support the Kims. The Kims uh, do work in Budapest. Uh, and you saw Sophie and Dan and Christy from the video. Uh, Dan and Christy and Sophie have been in the States for uh, the last couple months, and, and they'll be here until uh, the end of December before they go back. Dan had a horrible knee injury when they were in Budapest in the middle of COVID. They were, he was going to language class and slipped on a bus, and I'm not going to get into all the gory details, but it was bad. It was really, really bad. So they were coming back on, uh, on an assignment uh, to have some vacation time here in the States after being in lockdown for almost two years. And um, the doctors saw Dan and, and they, they uh, performed a new surgery and they did rehab. And already his range of motion is beyond what, his, what they told him he could, he could get to. Really great things happened with Dan. But the church in Budapest that Dan and, and Christy work with, they got to celebrate this last weekend. Next slide. They celebrated the baptism of everyone you see on the stage. I don't know about you, church, but I miss this. And I don't see this enough in our churches here in the U.S., where we're celebrating the baptisms of people who come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Perhaps the story of the church in Hungary can be an encouragement to this church. Next slide. You support uh, the De Franciscos, Carmen Alejandro De Francisco, who's in the really cool Hawaiian shorts, maybe? I don't know, right there in the middle. And then on, all the way on the right are Nate, Nate and Stacy Tapman, who you also support. The De Franciscos went to Spain uh, two and a half years ago, three years ago, and they began this dream of planting churches in Spain. We had not previously had a Church of God congregation in Spain. They planted these three churches, and over the last three years, they've grown. This is their first baptism celebration for the Church of God in Spain. You know when it happened? Last week. Last week, church, the Lord is on the move. COVID's not going to stop it. Politics aren't going to stop it. Natural disasters aren't going to stop it. The Lord is on the move. And church, I'm here to tell you that you have a hand in this. You have a part in so much because when you lay your hand on someone and send them out, like you're going to do this morning with your local and global partners, you have a hand in this. What, what I'm asking of you today, church, is that you'd partner with the good work that God is doing. That you continue to be abundantly generous with your time 
and your resources, that you'd say yes to what God is calling you to do globally, but also locally. That on the behalf of others whose God called into your midst, that you'd send them out. The Lord's doing something here. I sensed it when I came in the building. The Lord's doing something here, and if you will allow him, he will be generous in the way that he pours out his spirit upon this place. As I'm driving into your church, I'm looking out and seeing all these houses of people who desperately need you. They desperately need to know the good news of the gospel which we've been given. Those words are living and active. Church, will you let the Lord use you in this community? Will you be open to what God has for you? Let us pray. God, thank you. That you never give up on us. Thank you that as we were praying and singing this morning, that your grace is enough. That it redeems us from the sin in which we live. Lord, I proclaim life over this congregation, not death. I proclaim hope over this congregation, not fear. I proclaim that you have a vision of grandeur for this place. That you have prepared this space for new people to come into these walls and experience the message of the gospel in new ways and that their lives would be changed. Father, even today, may we send out the missionaries which you've called. May we send out our own people to do the work that God has called them to do. You are enough for us. You're more than enough. So we say thank you for the good work you're doing here in Centralia, for the good work you're doing around the world. Thanks for letting us be a part. In your name, amen.